All right, my LinkedIn folks, it is Monday. We are here to get it fired up. This is the Master Connection Series. This is episode 42. Even if it says 41, it's episode 42. We're so excited to bring this topic to you today. We're talking about how to go viral on LinkedIn. This is the Master Connection Series. We are here talking about how to connect with people better and what better way than to go viral, to get your content out to more people. We want your questions. Do you want to know how to go viral? What does viral even mean? We'll be talking all about that today. We're going to get right into introduction so we can get started. Going over to my main man, Mr. Steve Spiro, the master connector himself. Steve Spiro is a martial arts black belt and a master networker. He has moved from being a shy, introverted kid to the master connector he is today. Steve Spiro began his business career by starting an advertising company in New York City. He had an incredibly fulfilling career and experience in advertising and marketing, but eventually pivoted to the technology industry. Today, Steve is a business automation consultant with Quadient, where he helps companies streamline and automate how they communicate and connect with their customers, leveraging artificial intelligence with both hardware and software. Steve Spiro believes in the power of mentorship, growing oneself through self-development and continuing to create meaningful connections through building a large network. Welcome to the stage, the master connector himself, Mr. Steve Spiro. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, Cameron. Uh, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain here. Appreciate all the magic you do. Uh, but uh, so, hey, hey, folks, welcome. It's Steve Spiro, the master connector coming at you live and direct. Um, am I, am I, you give me a, okay, Cameron, you're good. All right, cool. Uh, Cameron, and I really appreciate you tuning in. We're here every Monday, 1 PM Eastern standard time and come at you with engaging content on how you too can be a master connector. Uh, during this master connection series each week, our goal is to gather subject matter experts to impart their wisdom on us. Welcome to the show. I am blessed to have my co-host Cameron Toth. Cameron is the host and founder of BizDev Live. Cameron Toth founded Toth Event Staffing in 2011. Toth Event Staffing is a hospitality company that provides staffing to ca ca uh, caterers, cafeterias, and catering departments. I love that alliteration there, Cameron. Uh, in Westchester, New York, and New York City, BizDev Live was founded in 2020 and is a weekly show that airs on multiple platforms, including right here on LinkedIn Live, Mondays through Monday through Friday on uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. BizDev Live takes Cameron's entrepreneurship experience and combines it with his passion for helping young people and business-minded professionals. Cameron's mission in life is, to, is increasing access to education and opportunity for all people. So please bring back to the stage my man, my, my partner in crime, Mr. Cameron Toth. Thank you, sir. And we already got people in the chat. I love doing this show because we have an amazing audience, Steve. Thanks for bringing us all together here, being the master connector. Uh, we have a LinkedIn user, so you can go to StreamYard, Facebook, right? And we can see uh, you on there. We got uh, Union Kentucky, somebody in there. Uh, I got to see uh, on the LinkedIn side, Leslie Martinez. Thanks for checking in from Houston, Texas. And Margo Waldy checking in from Los Angeles, California, West side, the best side, right? Uh, we're on the East Coast, me and Steve. And so uh, it's great that we got all these folks joining us from all over the United States. I'm going to go right into introducing our folks here, starting with Jason Coop, who's got a small bio, but a big personality. We got Jason Coop uh, is a writer, community builder, and entrepreneur focused on the Canadian event industry. We we're talking a little bit about it uh, before we jumped on. Jason, please say hello to everybody. Wonderful to meet everybody. Hopefully my dogs don't bark. I think I'm going to mute that. I'm looking forward to this, though. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for inviting me out, guys. Beautiful. We're heading right over to Gretchen. Gretchen. As president and founder of USA Loves Manufacturing, Gretchen has created an organization that promotes and advocates for U.S. manufacturing and technology. She envisioned an organization that would support the manufacturing and technology arena and lift up the people that make it happen every day. Gretchen also serves as president of Magenta Technologies LLC and industrial, industrial robotics and automation. 
oh my goodness, I need to automate my speech. Your automation company in Atlanta, Georgia. Gretchen has a proven executive management track record, and she is recognized as a voice in the maintenance and reliability industry. Through events like the upcoming Fabric of America television show on the July TV network or JUL TV network, Gretchen works to highlight the people and stories that make America and ultimately the world great. Please welcome to the stage the great Gretchen Philbrock. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. I've been in bed for like a week with COVID, so hopefully I'll be on point here, but thank you so much. I'm just grateful. Thank you very much. And we're going to fly on over to Corey, our, fill out our expert panel here. Corey Warfield is all about being a LinkedIn influencer here and now, doing the same for other leaders, salespeople, coaches, connectors, creators, investors, and other professionals who are active on this platform so relevant to what we're talking about today he's leveraged reach and audience to raise capital for ventures of his own and others to help scale ventures and raise awareness to establish his personal brand corey corrects corey connects please welcome to the stage the amazing corey warfield go ahead and say hello corey thanks so much nice to meet everybody yeah my name is corey i've uh, started a couple of technology companies and i'm now helping other people scale their presence on linkedin uh the same way that i've gotten my hundreds of millions of views and hundreds of thousands of followers and it's, it's pretty replicable and a lot of fun. Love it. Thanks for everybody for joining us and just highlighting uh, our folks joining in. We got Evan uh, Goldenberg joining us from the local area around me, Steve and I, Steve in Stanford. Got Evan joining us from Greenwich. Uh, we got Diane Mama Spiro, Diane Light Spiro checking in from Poughkeepsie. Uh, love hearing from everybody. Got Vicki Thomas checking in from Weston, Connecticut. Uh, Chief Purpose Officer, love that title. All right, we want to jump into this conversation. Steve, get us started. How do we define viral? So we want to jump into this, right? Uh, just for anyone that's watching this that doesn't know what we are meaning by viral, I want to get a, just a sort of sense of the room. What do you mean by viral? What does it mean to go viral on LinkedIn? You heard Corey talking about uh, being able to do that for people and uh, bringing people to the table. Steve, talk to me. And then for all my panelists, please uh, see that private chat. And let me know who wants to jump in next. Go ahead, Steve. So Gretchen and I can speak firsthand about uh, viruses and viral and, and <laughs> we both uh, have dealt with uh, COVID uh, pretty severely. And so, um, but the, the term viral, you know, refers to when things just sort of go out of control, they go out and they start to spread on their own, right? And we've seen that with COVID. Uh, and we've also seen that in the social media world. And so um, this conversation actually started this topic, this this, and Corey may, may, may not remember, but Corey and I had a conversation and, and I, I, I was impressed with his at the time, close to 300,000 LinkedIn connections, uh, or or followers, I guess it is because you can't have connections that many you can have followers. And I was impressed with that. And I started to talk to him and I knew I wanted to have him on the show somehow. And so he said, let's come up with this topic. And so he was the, he was the starting point of the topic. Uh, and he had described how, you know, he had posted some, something and it just went viral and went crazy. And, uh, and because of that, got a lot of followers and a lot of traction. And now he's been able to use that to help scale others as he has expressed. So he's, he's really a good person as is Jason, as is Gretchen. Because I've had conversations with each of the, the, these amazing folks individually, so I'm really you know curious on their perspective. But to me, it's 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 how to go viral, how to how to leverage what we have our hands on, and not just be you know 20 views or you know 100 views, but how can we get thousands, in some cases hundreds of thousands, and maybe even close to a million views to really grow our brand, grow our community, and and grow ultimately grow our business. So uh, I'll turn it back to you to figure out who's next there, Karen. Who wants to jump in next on on this topic here? Who wants to dive in? Go ahead, Corey. Sure. So when I was starting my first technology company, I had something explained to me called the K factor that was foreign to me at the time. And the K factor is the measure of virality. What it effectively says, and, and investors look into these metrics before they, they invest in companies and things like that. For everybody that hears about something, how many people are they going to tell? Right. And so if someone that hears about somebody tells one person, that's a K factor of one. So if, a, if an investor is a company with a K factor of one, meaning everybody that hears about this app or this book or whatever it might be is going to tell somebody, that tells them it's going to go viral. And, you know, to, to kind of allude to Steve's analogy with COVID, right? For everybody that gets COVID, how many people are they going to get? And the, the, the medical industry has a slightly different term for it, but 
that to me is, you know, catching fire. So, you know, is it, is it 10,000 views on a post? Not necessarily, but if you get a post of 10,000 views, but 5,000 people liked it and 2,000 people shared it, that's a viral post. And that's, you know, most of my posts that get six figure views have at least a thousand shares. So that content to me is viral. And so depending on people's audience size, the numbers might change, but I think that's kind of a good overarching concept when you're thinking about virality. I love that. Great, great definition there, the K factor. Uh, Gretchen, Jason, you want to jump in on this? Sure, I'll go ahead and just mention that I think it's all about, you know, where it starts to grow and the engagement. And, you know, it's like Corey said, it's like once it catches on, it's just going to grow exponentially on its own. And it really is, you know, not only it's not just what you do, it is very much what you have built and what people have brought to the table in your connection group. And it may be someone like brand new that comes in. I recently had someone, I think they're actually here on the um, connections as well, John Navalis. He does an amazing job and he's already starting to get noticed because there's authenticity to what he's doing. And I think it is, it's like organic, you know, and um, it just will grow from there. Love that. Jason, you want to jump in here? Yeah, I'm wondering, Corey, um, do you think that there's anything, so like, what is it, what is it about these posts? So I get, you know, I've had some things go into the 100,000, um, but you're obviously consistently getting this kind of stuff. What is it, like, is there one thing that you're leveraging to get that kind of response? Is it, uh, I mean, for me, I often leverage shared social or uh, geographical or, or, or other shared experiences that I'll use to create some kind of an emotional response. Those seem to be my best uh, performing pieces all the time. Uh, one of the best performing pieces I ever had, uh, I went through a Tim Hortons drive-through coffee shop up here in Canada. And as I was coming out, I spilled coffee in my brand new car for about the hundredth time. Mm -hmm. These stupid cups, they just spilled. Doesn't matter what you do to them, they leak. I wrote a post about that. I only had about 3,000 followers at the time. It got 150,000 plus views. Because to me, I think it, it worked because it was, a, you know, it was an authentic pain point in a sense that a lot of people shared that experience. But, you know, it's hard to kind of re, remake that every single time. So is there something that you're, you're leveraging to create that kind of uh, uh, engagement or is it, uh, you know, is it just straight up the quality of the content? No, so I think it's less about the quality of the content and more about uh, the psychology behind it and understanding the computer science. And so, you know, I'm a fan of Timmy's as well. Shout out Jose Sill and Restaurant Brands International. They're up there in Canada as well. I get up there on occasion and those cups do suck. Um, but for me, what I, I see most everyone on LinkedIn trying to create content doing things very wrong. Um, people are talking at their audience, not with their audience. So it sounds like with that post, you were speaking with your audience and people lean into that. Second of all, you know, people quite often like to teach people something on LinkedIn. Hey, do you want to know what you don't know? Let me teach you my five tips on this. And people are really sick of that too. So you weren't teaching anybody anything. You were being, to Gretchen's point, authentic, right? It was a resonant a speaking point. But I would imagine that you brought them in with the first line. I'd be surprised if there wasn't some type of visual or graphic that accompanied it. And at the end of the day, a lot of times, it's also about posting at the right time and on the right day. To your point, geographically specific, right? I know that I have big audiences in Australia and, and, and in Asia. So depending on who I'm trying to reach and with what market, I'm going to keep their time zones in mind. So there are a lot of factors. But once you kind of figure them out, it becomes replicable. I probably every week now have at least two posts with a couple hundred thousand views each and, and I'm getting closer to being able to hit a million view posts at least every month yet because it is all, you know, again, computer science. And once you once you strike a chord with your audience, learn the psychology, stop speaking at them, right? Like nobody's on LinkedIn for any reason other than to make money. You either want a job, you want to hire somebody to do a job, you want somebody to hire you as a coach, buy your book, whatever it is, but it's not right? Like the few people that are there to find a spouse are still also trying to make money. And that's really just nasty. Like, don't do that. Um, but for the most part, everybody's there to make money. So when you speak with them, give them some space to do that, you can start to replicate the virality pre pretty often in my, in my uh, experience. Well, I'll tell you, if you went through my stuff, you would find that uh, I'm tell I tell stories. Uh, I rarely talk about myself. 
Uh, and when I tell those stories, I'm speaking to one person. It's a first person that got, I'm speaking directly to that one person. Um, and I find that that's always been very effective for me, but I appreciate your, uh, your thoughts there. So I want to, I want to get the, the audience involved in this. If you're trying to connect with more people and Corey is talking about something that I think is really interesting because, you know, you get these, the, the number game kind of going in here. And, you know, I've talked to people that, you know, don't even have a couple hundred follow or connections on LinkedIn and it's very difficult for somebody that's not connected to a lot of people to have, not to say that it's impossible, but to have something that, that goes viral or, or connects to uh, that a lot of people are going to see. It gets easier as you build up your numbers. Uh, I think, Corey, your numbers have quite up, quite a, built up quite a bit. And you talked a little bit to that, that, you know, as you're as you're building right it gets easier to hit some of these these larger numbers uh, but for our folks here that are jumping in i know we have audience members that don't have you know twenty thousand people you know connected to them i want to i want to make sure that we're hitting both audiences here go ahead corey so i want to push back on that a bit i i see people on linkedin with hundred thousand plus followers whose posts don't do very well and i want to highlight a client of mine in africa her, her name's nora when she reached out to me, uh, a company reached out on her behalf, um, and I'll, I'll try to read that question in a moment, but she had less than 100 followers. Today she has uh, only 2,400 followers in a couple of weeks. So her, her following is very low, right? Most people listening probably have more than 2,400 followers. Her post the other day, I think, had a quarter million views and 3,000 likes. Um, so it really, right, I, I see people that have 100,000 followers getting, getting you know, less, less, and engagement than her worst poll posts and so you know i think it really is more about learning the algorithm than having a following i i, I probably had posts going as viral when i only had fifty thousand followers as i do now with getting close to a third of a, a million so um i will push back on the audience size a bit but i will also say where, where you're correct in your assessment is that once your posts start going viral you start getting those numbers so you can go viral with almost no followers but once you start going viral all the time, the followers start to come pretty quickly. So just a point of clarification so that people don't don't think that, you know, you kind of have to build this huge mechanism before you can see any results. Got you. So talk to me a little bit about because we're getting some questions here and uh, I, I was waiting for this question to come. So Olivia says, how do we make LinkedIn events viral? So uh, Olivia, share this out, right? Share this with your uh, folks, share this with your community, help us go viral. We're trying to be the light and help people uh, to do better. And so one way that if you're watching this right now, hit that share button, share it out with your network. That's one way uh, to help your events go viral by asking the folks that are in your community to share it out. And by doing that, and if they're authentic with their shares and why they love watching what they're, they're watching on it, uh, you're going to get some some good results virally that way. Uh, love love folks to to, to kind of wind up and sound that. But we have Vicky Thomas asking how important is uh, to the post is an identifiable ah identifiable victim and offering the solution. Uh, we got some other questions. I'll, I'll let, let's hit Vicky's first, and then we'll we'll get into the others. Steve, I know you wanted to jump in. Go yeah, ahead. I want to jump in, and and I, actually, it's interesting. So uh, I have something to share, but I also want to get uh, Corey. I'm going to get your take on this after I'm done speaking. Um, you know, it, how how would you get this show viral? Like like how would you do it? I'm curious. Um, and uh, and I'll I'll just say my piece. I'll let you think about it a little bit. Probably don't have to think about it, knowing you. But I do want to say I want to say one thing. So. Um, so as, as some of you guys know, I, I, I was doing it. And I think Corey might have been the influence of me kind of starting to move in this, this direction. I was doing a video. I do a video series called, you know, Master Connection Series. They do it on Friday. Uh, I'm sorry. Fired up Friday. Every Friday I do a video. And it's about, uh, at one point it was three to five minutes. I've been trying to scale it down to like one minute, having a lot of tough time doing that. I think I've been now closer to, to two minutes, two minutes and change. And um, and after speaking with Corey, it started to resonate. Maybe and you know I'm not I'm getting some views, but not I'm not in the thousands on, on that. And so I, I just one day I had something hit me, and I was out and looking. You know, the morning sunrise coming up, and I put a picture of a sunrise, and I said something uplifting, and I put it out, and I got like you know multiple thousand views pretty quickly. And I said, you know, huh? And and so. Corey has told me this. I think other people have said you just got to experiment. You got to see what works. You got to kind of, you know, bring, you know, just bring 
bring different things to the table and see what works. So I, I, I've been doing more of that. And so I, I've done several posts during the week and with, a, with an image, like Corey said, uh, with some with some words, asking people what their opinion is and giving a little bit of what my feeling on. And in, in some cases, I, I gave a post about my life's mission statement, getting a little vulnerable. And it seemed like people appreciated it, right? So um, I could see what you're saying, Corey, as far as the, the idea of speaking to the audience, speaking directly to them, not trying to teach them, because I think my Fire to Friday videos were more teaching points versus maybe relating to people. And I was interested, I've always found it fascinating how some of those posts would get more, more attention, more views than others. And I, and I think it's exactly your point where you're speaking at people, trying to educate them versus maybe trying to relate to them. So, so I, I appreciate what you, what you've been able to do. So again, uh, I'd love to hear without this being the Corey show, I want to hear how you would take our, our show here, like, if you were to do it right now, like what would you do to get, you know, a thousand, two thousand people viewing right now? What would you do? Yeah, and I do feel bad. I feel like I'm taking the air out of the room, so I'll try to be quick. But there's no short answer to that. I, I've helped some of my clients' shows get much bigger than they were, but I think still thousands of of uh, audience on a show does take some time. I know a friend of mine, Amadi Mom, has got his LinkedIn live show, I think, to some some thousands of viewers now but he had to grow first his audience to a million um a million engaged people so I, I, there are a few small hacks you can invite i think up to two thousand people to an event of your contacts so if you have an event making sure that you're inviting the right people having it set up with a calendar link so it populates their calendar and, and so that they get a reminder you know on their phone or their computer that that this thing that they said they were interested in is starting to happen um, and making sure that you're not just reaching out to random people. What, what I'd encourage people to do is if you invite somebody to your event, go to their profile and like their most recent post or two, just so that you've done something for them lately kind of a thing. But other than that, the way to get a show to go viral, you know, candidly, and, you know, this isn't a business pitch, but I help people do this, to start going viral on your own, right? If your account is, then when your posts are going viral, it's real easy to mention a few times in your viral posts that you got a show coming up in a few days. The other thing that, that I would push back a little bit and say people don't always love like the same person talking about the same thing on the same time every day people get really kind of immune to that really quickly so like if, it, if it's always a similar subject on the same type of day and that day's in the you know sometimes those are things where people might even say they're going to go and then not go because they figure they either you know saw it before or it's all the same so it is important to switch things up a little bit and I can talk about this for the full hour, but I'm, I'm going to mute myself and shut up so that other people can drop some wisdom. I'm excited to hear from everybody else. No, I, I love I loved that commentary, Corey. Great job. Jason, go ahead. I know you wanted to jump in. All right. So um, I think that, uh, you know, just going back to Steve, what you were talking about there when you, when you talked about it, I call, like I characterize my content into different uh, categories, for lack of a better. So what you were talking about for me would be a mass content posts that would be easily liked. Um, not the engagement value isn't always worth a whole bunch, but it generally it's easy to like it gets moved on and, 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 it, and, it, and it's not bad for getting big numbers. One of the things though, when I talk to people about posting content, I'm not always talking to them about getting the most uh, attention for that content. Sometimes there's very specific attention I want to get from that. And I also use the content to, you know, so that people get to know me or get to know the person that I'm working with. So I try and get authentic opinion posts out there once a week. So mass content posts, technology or education type posts um, and opinion posts are the kind of way that I mix those things up. But in terms of trying to make this show go uh, uh, viral, that's tough because you're working against, I think, both democratic and, 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 and engagement habits on LinkedIn that are going to make any kind of one hour show be tough to go viral, quite honestly. Um, but, you know, for me, again, I'll just back up a little bit. I don't always want my stuff to go viral. I mean, I do. I want to get as much attention as I can. But my goal on LinkedIn is to create a very specific community that I can then, uh, you know, use for all of the other projects or, or, or uh, clients and stuff like that. So I'm not always looking to create that great big piece because it's really hard on LinkedIn. I mean, I, like I said, Corey, I'm amazed at the numbers that you're getting. I'm, I'm going to take a little deeper dive into your content, quite honestly, um, and maybe some of your not maybe, but and some of your uh, uh, some of your knowledge because I'm really fascinated on on what you've done here. I, most 
I don't know very many people that get those kind of numbers unless they have massive followings. Uh, being slow, slow on the buttons here. Uh, just putting in uh, everybody's kind of locations, just to give uh, the nature. We got some folks ch checking in from some different places here. So uh, appreciate that. Let's answer Vicky's question here. How important uh, to the post is an identifiable victim in offering the solution? I'll just jump in real quick. I, I saw that earlier. So the, number one, I, from my perspective, um, and she's saying an offering the solution. I'm not sure, if, Vicky, if you mean uh, offering a solution as in the solution to product, you know, you know, sort of pitching, if you're talking about that or uh, the solution to this victim, I, I assume it's the latter. There's some kind of solution to the victim. Um, and, and I, I, I mean, I, I think that we, you know, I think if you if it pulls on the heartstrings and if there's something that's going to make people get emotional, I think we're going to get attention. I think if it's, um, if it's if it's something that feels like someone's trying to sell you something, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to walk away from it. So a little bit hard to understand the question here, because as I'm reading it again, I'm like, OK, is she talking about offering the solution to that victim uh, and so forth? So uh, but yeah, that's my take. I don't know if anyone else has any other takes on it. Gretchen, I think you want to jump in. Yeah, you know, I was wanting to say that, you know, I think a lot of people forget and Corey obviously has been on LinkedIn for quite a while, but it takes a while in the beginning to build that platform. And, you know, a lot of it is, I always had a saying that the people that you surround yourself with determines a lot of the success in your life. And, and I believe that almost on LinkedIn as well, because I was very, very fortunate as I put the time in and, and it took a lot of time to build. It's like, it's not an automatic thing because it takes that consistency and it takes, you know, that time to put in to really think about, okay, what am I going to put out there? And, you know, I wanted to push that out there, but I didn't want to sell anything. I was working for a company th over three years ago that they kept saying, and they were the one who pushed me to get on LinkedIn, you know, you know, put our product out there, put our service out there. And I was like, that's not what I want to do. You know, I want to actually lift up America and I want to talk about things. I don't want to talk about a product. And they didn't understand that that's not going to get the notice. No one wants to see that. But I started getting a group around me that, you know, had similar ideas. And, um, you know, that was how when you build that group of people together, it really can help get your information out there in a really organic, authentic way. Like I mentioned before, I've got like Ted Lezinski, he, you know, he promotes on LinkedIn and everyone knows Ted, but yes, he talks about his products and services, but he also is a very authentic person and you can see that. So he has a great balance and I think that's it. It's just putting the time in and surrounding yourself with other people that all believe the same thing. And it really starts getting your information out there more and more. I love that. I want to, I want to highlight this comment from, from John, cause he's sort of talking on some of the same lines here. LinkedIn is originally a strictly a business oriented professional connection platform, but it sounds like gaining traction and followers requires being vulnerable and personalizing your online presence from a non-business standpoint. How far do you veer from industry related content while still maintaining a professional standpoint. What does that balance look like? I'm on the fence between trying to go viral, but still drive traffic to my business. And, and let me say this, I, I would say that there's no one specific way, right? There's there's no one specific way to do it. Cause if it was one specific way to do it, you'd see everybody doing it. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Uh, I'd love to talk to us about time and planning and strategy. Uh, and just, uh, we're about a half an hour in, I should have mentioned this in the intro, but you know, going across, you know, Corey, you know, every single buddy, every single person on the show, uh, except for me, uh, has, you know, 10 K 25 K 49,000, uh, you know, in Corey's case, 306,000 followers on LinkedIn. So you got some people who know what they're talking about here. Uh, so I, I just want to bring that that context to it for anybody that missed out on that. So to, to what John's point is talking about, he's saying uh, he's on the fence between trying to go viral, but still drive traffic to his business. 
what would you suggest? And I know that Corey talked about it before, you know, when you have the platform and the platform is large, it's easy to talk about some of the business. So I have a feeling that's sort of the way that you want to go. But I know there's uh, some different uh there's some different philosophies on how to manage your LinkedIn profile. So I'd love to hear that. Who wants to, to jump in on it? I could jump in and uh, and just, and then I want to hear the experts because I certainly am not the expert in this room here, which is awesome for me because I feel like if I'm a, the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. So I'm glad I'm in this room. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, my perspective, and I'd love to hear everyone else is, you know, you could use the going viral to kind of grow your reach, grow your network, grow your, grow your community, and then it'll give you the rights to occasionally to, to bring, um, you know, business professional uh, or, or, you know, industry related content to drive business to your, to your, you know, for you, for you and your company. Right. But if you're always leading with that, I don't think you're going to build a community. So being vulnerable, personal kind of, you know, as long as you're you're you're, tra- you're transparent and authentic, and your your values line up for both your business and what you're doing, as well as your personal side, I think it matches. And then people, you know, they they want to know they want to do business with people they know, like and trust. So as you start to be vulnerable, show who you are, then they're going to want to you know be you know be involved. In what are you doing? In fact, I've been very apprehensive as a, as a recently uh, for a while, forever until recently about talking about what I do professionally so that I didn't, you know, alienate people and make them think I was trying to pitch them. But somebody and Jason, it might've been you, I can't recall our conversation, but somebody said recently, you deserve, you should, you should, you you have the right to occasionally talk about your, your business. And uh, I'm going to start doing that. So anyway, I'd love to hear everyone else's perspective. I told you that it was coming, right? I spoke while on mute, right? Uh, Joyce Joyce has a question along these same lines. Picking up on what Jason shared, if the goal is to build community, not with masses, what are practical tips using LinkedIn? So maybe we can just kind of go around here. And, you know, obviously people have different purposes for being on LinkedIn. Maybe it's to make money through a job like Corey was talking about. Maybe it's, you know, to uh, sell a product, right? So maybe what we can do is sort of preface, if this is what you're trying to do, this is the way that I suggest you do it. Jason, uh, since this question is for you, can you start us off on that? Well, I think, you know, for me, um, I curate my following very closely to make sure that they are all uh, mostly corporate event professionals because, and not just the professionals and the planners, but the uh, all of the vendors as well, and of course the clients as well. So what I've done is I've created uh, a community that essentially represents the core of the uh, corporate event market in Canada, uh, and then I find better ways to be uh, to serve that. But it wasn't always planned. I didn't really start out like five five years ago. I just started writing about stuff that interested me, interested me, and and even today. And and so when you talk about uh, a strategy for creating a, a large following. Uh, I made a comment in the in the chat. I said, "Let your personality lead." You know, how much of that should you uh, should you reveal? Well, enough of it not to be uh, self absorbed or ridiculous, but uh, uh, sorry, not enough of it, not too much so that you're ridiculous and self absorbed, but enough so that people get to know you. Because as Steve said, people buy from people they like, and LinkedIn is a corporate platform, but it's a social media platform. And more and more, it's becoming a community as they create more opportunities for engagement within this platform. So, uh, you know, people like people or do business with people they like. I'm getting a little bit lost here. So I'm going to step back a little bit from this. But, Absolutely. Um, Gretchen and Corey, who wants to jump in next uh, on this, uh, you know, for what, right? How do you do it for what? Go ahead. I can jump in. Um, you know, when I first started again on LinkedIn, I, I really just did it to kind of start getting out there. And it was new for me because I had really never gotten into Facebook or, you know, I'd done Instagram a little bit, but it wasn't really a big focus for me. And what I found out when I first got into this industry with manufacturing and technology, I was going out into these manufacturing facilities and I realized I absolutely loved what I was doing. You know, this was like a new adventure for me. And I love the people. I could not believe that we were not focusing on getting the information out on how important manufacturing was 
mean, it was the nascency of America and I wanted to share it and I was excited to share it. So I think you have to find something that you are very, very passionate about. And I was, and then as it grew, yes, I mean, sometimes it was like, why is she standing in front of machinery? Why does she look like, I'm, you know, I had all kinds of comments. She looks like she's trying to model in front of a big piece of machinery. But part of it was I was trying a lot of different things and I was kind of putting out there what was getting noticed. But eventually I was able to curate it and make it more of what I really wanted to show. And that was, I wanted to, you know, talk about women in STEM. I wanted to talk about the veterans that are making it happen in this country every day. And that's what I started doing. And then it became a mix. And I think that's it. You just have to kind of see what your interest is, what your passion is, and build around that. And then it will show you if you build it, they will come. And then you can really use it to get your word out get that out what you really want to show everyone i was just showing off some of some of the content you have on talking about machines and just just visually interesting stuff it's really really great gretchen jason um sorry corey i wanted you to jump in here and there was a question directed uh specifically to you um had uh greg his name is greg he's not showing up i just gave him the the stream link to uh, so he gets his face and his, his uh, photo can show up. But he said, Corey, um, in your experience, are you finding videos on LinkedIn to be effective when it comes to becoming viral? Yeah, so in my assessment, videos are the only real way to go viral on LinkedIn. And when I first was getting active about three years ago, I was doing more videos on myself and they would go pretty viral and people came to know me, but I started to feel guilty that I wasn't spending time to watch other people's videos. I, I was running a couple of companies. I was raising, you know, a, a very large investment round. Like I didn't have time to sit around and watch other people's videos. So I stopped, uh, I stopped creating my own videos and started using, you know, videos that are either open source from the internet or things that, that I was able to come across, you know, from friends that, that have production companies or anything. And those virals went much more viral than the videos of myself. And so I think, you know, it's it's not the UTV show on LinkedIn. No one's on LinkedIn to, to hear or see about anyone else's life or journey unless they can relate to them and either hire them, get hired by them, sell them something, buy something from them that'll make more money. So that was an aha moment for me. Like, oh, I should not do so many videos of myself because the videos themselves go viral, you know, by nature of the algorithm. But the ones that weren't about me were getting way more followers, way more attention. So I got really fortunate that I had been making so many videos of myself, though, because enough people, I guess, had liked them that when I stopped doing and people started reaching out, going, "Where are the videos of you? We miss seeing your face." So scarcity is huge, right? Once you can build some type of a demand or an awareness of yourself. I would I would take it away from people so people don't think that every time they log on they're just going to be able to get more of you know whatever your secret sauce is or you know do business with you without even having to do business with you and when I realized that demand I, I thought and, and it's not as true anymore because I spend a lot less time on the platform but I thought if I keep my videos to about 30 seconds then I can commit to watching anybody else who does a 30 second video Right. And so I, I created a hashtag called value in 30. I've, I've probably done a couple hundred of these 30 second videos. I now do them about once a month. You know, I'll go live once a month or so. I'll do a value in 30 at some point, you know, maybe once or, or twice a month. But those started going really viral. And that's when I started to really fine tune the algorithm. This is about two years ago and, and really understand it. Short videos do better than long videos all day videos that have proven themselves elsewhere right and especially that are super engaging and bring people in right away that are more shareable right so like as much as people might love the beard i came back from brazil with and all these things like no one's on linkedin to see my face but people are on there potentially for a little mental vacation or something like that and um you know to kind of talk about personal branding quickly uh, as long as you're going viral and following those formats, you can talk about what you do professionally in your company and your products all day of the week. And here's a case in point. Uh, Gretchen had just mentioned a guy. And so I'll, I'll double down. First of all, hi, Ted. I know Ted Lazinski fairly well. We've spent time in person. I, I've helped him out with his LinkedIn strategies and growth before. Um, but he's with Spindle City. So shout out Spindle City, right? He does these cool videos of himself in his warehouse with his uh, instruments. 
and you know, I, I'm still, I've, I've got a number of projects. I have two companies that are scaling really quickly. So I'm not on LinkedIn as much for quite some time, but he did such a good job with his branding that even though I haven't seen a post of his in probably a year, I still know the name of his company, what he does just, just from a, you know, happening to have a, a co-host mention his name. So if you're doing stuff like he does, right, being, he's, he's a patriot, he's, he's really supportive, he's a great family person, he likes to bring his kids out and, and do videos with them, he's found a balance. And so I think you know, anybody can find a balance. The one question about how do you build a smaller audience, I think is probably less relevant to today since we're talking about how to go viral. But you know, I think if you want to build a small audience, just don't, en don't engage as much and you know, be a, a little bit more timid and you can grow a, a nice small community but i think you know some of what we're talking about learning the computer science of the algorithm and things like that um inherently are, are meant to build a, a bigger community you know and then from there you can always have you know people that you talk to often or anything like that but in my you know maybe limited assessment it's never the wrong time to build a big audience on social certainly preach that you know building a large network is a big deal and i think it's really interesting that you talk about because it can seem a lot of work. It can seem like a lot of work to folks. And I want to talk to that um, piece of it. You know, we want to talk about, you know, how you structure a post, you know, when, you, when you're putting something out, because I think that's going to be really relevant for folks. But the understanding that, you know, like you're saying, Corey, you can build this and then it can last for a while. Because once you've built the network, right, um, it's it's there to a certain degree. I think we all want consistency. We want to build the, the audience and bring people in so that, you know, we're staying front of mind. But as you build this network, it becomes this resource that you can utilize. And we talk about that all the time. So um, can we get into a little bit about how you guys structure an individual post? Like what's going through your mind in order to build an individual post? Does that work for everybody? Jason, it looks like you're 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 chomping at the bit. Go ahead for us. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty straightforward for me. Uh, I make sure I get whatever my hook is above the fold, so to speak, because I'm an old print guy. Um, and then uh, I write first person. I make sure I space it out so it doesn't look. Uh, I think people wonder why uh, other people space out their 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 posts in that way. Uh, I think uh, it makes the post look less. Uh, busy and because it looks less busy it looks like an easier engagement and i find it does better um i tell a story i'll start from the beginning and end it uh, almost every single post unless it's just a straight up ad which i don't like doing but i do from time to time um and uh make sure i get the right hash marks make sure i tag people who have something to do with the post not just randomly often i'll put those tags or i'll put uh you know more information in the comment section to try and encourage some conversation because we all know that uh, uh, engagement via uh, comments and conversation are what's driving the analytics on LinkedIn these days rather than likes. Um, and that's uh, my strategy in about 45 seconds. I love that piece on comments versus versus likes. I love to, you know, because Corey has been talking about the, the computer science. And I feel like anytime we start throwing computer science and algorithm into the conversation, there's a lot of people that they just kind of go, whoa, you know, like it just, just, just sort of takes people out of the game. But when you talk about things like that, that's what we're talking about, right? What is the algorithm like? And we know that LinkedIn loves engagement, right? If people are commenting on a post, it's a lot more likely to go to second and third level connections, people that you're not actually connected directly to. Um, and, and that's one of the real big strengths of the LinkedIn platform uh, for when you're doing things. So I, I love putting that into real just gritty uh, detail for folks so you understand. You get comments, LinkedIn likes it, throws it out to more people. That's the computer science. Uh, Gretchen, I know you wanted to jump in. Go ahead, Gretchen. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. And, you know, so much of like when I'm doing posts, it, it's a big variety of posts and it's according to, you know, what it's meant for. Some of it's for getting my information out there on something that maybe an article that was written or, you know, a shout out. And a lot of it lately is, you know, of course, where I've been or um, a lot that I try to put out there also is, shout outs to newer connections and you know again like either women or stem or you know special people that i've met in reliability 
And I think that, you know, that is kind of where I've grown it to that, yes, of course, you know, I want to continue to grow the audience, especially with this new TV show coming up. You know, I want people to see that. So I want to get the information out there, but I also want to give back at this point. And, you know, I want to get other people engaged and, you know, let them have that moment because it is, LinkedIn is an amazing platform. I, I can't imagine what it would be like if I had not been involved in it. So I'm so very thankful that I was able to um, put information out, but I really feel like, you know, it's about talking about these other new people out on the plat that are coming into it and letting them, you know, get started too. So it's, it's a big mixture of everything. And a lot of my posts just come to me, like usually I have bad insomnia, so they come to me in the middle of the night and I'll put something out there, but they work. And I think you just have to get started and you have to be consistent because Corey, you probably could speak to this and I'm curious even more so, but like for instance, last week when I wasn't feeling well, I still tried to get information out there because if you don't stay consistent, you're gonna go down and viewing, um, I, what, do you, what is your thought on that, Corey? Because I, I feel like you have to really be out there almost every day. Is that correct? So not as much anymore. I do test the algorithm and, and now I'm pretty fortunate. I'm friends with the co-founder of the platform. So we talk like the actual like weird techie stuff about some of it as well. But it used to be that if you didn't engage every day, the algorithm would kind of not consider you to be a daily creator and, and inherently not show your stuff, especially if there's many second or third connections. I still do tell all of my growth clients and I, I require them to post at least once a day, so seven days a week. Um, and, and that's inherently to prime the pump and, and to get the algorithm kind of loving them for those first few weeks. But at this point, you know, and again, I don't want to be cavalier about the fact that that I do have a huge following and I do get huge numbers and right, I have, I have fans that are pretty high up at LinkedIn itself. So it's right. I, I don't want to I don't want to just make it seem this easy but for me i can take days or weeks off at this point um and it won't affect a single thing so i've had some of my clients with smaller followings take some days off here and there i haven't noted any considerable drop when they get back up so i would tell people because mental health is important right and the dopamine you can get from social media is important i would tell people that you don't need to post every day for posting every day's sake i am still actively testing that i'm always testing the algorithm but i believe that that is no longer the case um quick side note you used to not be able to put links to external sites in your posts it just wouldn't do very well um with with a notable exception um but at this point you can put links to any websites in your post and, and they'll go you know at least as viral sometimes even better so i think some of the things you used to have to do no external links post every day are not the case anymore um that said when I test posting multiple times a day, they do even better. Friends of mine with millions of followers are posting quite a few times every day. So it does seem like there is a direct correlation. Um, there is some reciprocity going on there as well. Um, but yeah, the, the every the everyday posting, I, I it, it's not an anomaly. I mean, it's not a, uh, a myth. It used to be the case. I think it's much less the case now. That said, sometimes the best time to post on LinkedIn is when you're in a funk or not feeling good or have all these things because um, if you're authentic, and we've all used that word a few times, people will relate to that and people can really uplift you and make you feel better. You know, pe people might wonder how they can potentially help you out of that mindset. And so, um, you know, don't post every day with a smile on your face if you're not smiling. Um, but if you're looking to prime the pump or just keep your numbers perpetually going up, show up every day, even sometimes if it's with a frown. That said, if people are racking their brains, going, well, what am I going to post tomorrow? Sometimes it's better to just take a day off you know, go, go down to the beach or something like that and not log into social media and, and LinkedIn's no exception. I think you hit a lot, uh, Corey, and Steve had this question in the private chat here, which I think is, is a great question, you know, consistency versus spontaneity. And I think the answer is, is to me, it's both, right? You know, talking about mental health and talking about being consistent on the platform, I think you want to plan your content out. That's how you know it's going to happen. You know, you're going to put things in place. You're going to make it easier on yourself time management wise. You don't want social media become this burden that you have to do every day. But if you want to see progress and results, you want to plan, 
like anything else, right? You need to have a plan in place, make it easier for yourself, create your content in batches if possible. So you're not spending uh, a lot of time trying to multitask in a different day, which we all know uh, we can focus on one thing. <laughs> Focusing on multiple things just doesn't work very well. Um, but there's this this spontane spontaneity factor, right? It's that moment where maybe you're you're down with COVID and you got a message to share with people and it's going to be impactful. So one thing does lead to the other, right? When you're when you're being consistent on the platform and you got a following, when you do have that authentic, spontaneous, spontaneous post, it's probably going to get a lot more reach, right? Yeah, I don't let any of my clients um, schedule anything out at all. Um, those content calendars to me um, come across disingenuous. The algorithm can pick up on them, but also it makes it feel a lot more like a job. Um, and invariably, someone will have so a closer... I, and, I, and I just want to clarify because you got two different things going on, right? Now, if I sit down in, in my, in my, with my book at the beginning of the week and I say, all right, I'm going to do this content. I get my files ready with, with photos. That's planning out content. And then we got the other uh, kind of thing where you can schedule automatic posts with a platform like later.com or uh, Hootsuite or, 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 or things like that, right? But I, I encourage anyone that I work with, at least, I encourage not to do either of them. And here's mm. a couple reasons why. Um, getting it in a book with all the links, first of all, right? If these have gone viral elsewhere, if, if you're saying you're going to post this on Thursday, there's a good chance someone posts it on Wednesday or Tuesday, and now you look like a copycat. The second thing that I try to leverage what, what is what- What are you talking about there? Because I didn't understand that. I didn't get that. Like if you, if you write a post days in advance, someone can beat you to the punch, right? Even if it's just the topic or whatever. So I love to always make sure that I'm showing up and either it's a conversation of the day or it's something that, that's trending- I, I helped break a news story a few weeks ago that ended up getting, I think, 3 million views. It might have been 100,000 likes, but it was a, a lady who was blind and the chef at the restaurant in the UK wrote happy birthday in Braille on the plate. And I saw that within minutes of it being released on the Internet. And so I was one of the first outlets of that story. The restaurants now reached out to me when I come to UK, you know, come with, with whoever I'm there with and dinner's on them. But uh, I sell software in the restaurant industry. I had a lot of conversations with people. Um, about what we're doing based on that post. Uh, that post ended up getting like 100 million views across different channels, not all through me, um, but I think the shares that I had was well into the thousands. I wouldn't have been able to break that story if I had had something else planned for that day, if I was going to talk, right? And so to me, it's always, I, I don't plan anything in advance because there are too many variables and I'm always trying to be on trend or help break something. Um, so yeah, how, and, and how, again, do you, how do you sparse that out with clients that, you know, they got other things going on, but they I want to be I, I can't I can't work with people that, that can't put in, you know, a little effort every day to come up with something original on the spot. So so let me just say this. So and and yeah, I, I had that question in the in the private chat. But so what I'm hearing from you, uh Corey, and again, we want we don't want this to be the Corey show. So Jason Gretchen, please chime in. But consistency of just posting something regularly whatever regularly means it could be every day or it could be you know two three or four or five times a week but being spontaneous about how you're doing it what you're doing it that's the that's the consistency with spontaneity piece of it right am i getting my am, am i am i picking up what you're putting down you are absolutely okay cool. and, and i know there's a big piece of like getting into the like the news piece of of linkedin right if you're commenting on stories of the day and sharing on stories of the day that's a big deal as well like there's lots of different tracks within kind of the the daily social just news grind right like there's things going on in the world so that's one piece of it uh gretchen and jason you want to you want to chime in, in in this area here what your thoughts are yeah um is it okay yeah please Okay. Uh, for me, I, I have scheduled posts because I have shows to support and clients to support and things like that. But leveraging trends, current trends, even daily trends, I'm going to write a post as soon as I get off this that leverages a trend that I saw happening uh, last week. So I'll, I'll get in front of that trend today and I'll, you know, that post will do five to 10,000 views hmm. because I, I know what's going on in the industry. And so, you know, I would encourage people to really absorb uh, the conversations that are happening in their industry follow other people check out their content um that's where i pick up things in my conversations and things that i just kind of absorb and that's why you know 
half of my posts are scheduled and half of them are, you know, authentic or spontaneous responses to a trend that I'm able to leverage or surf for a little bit. Um, so I, I, I hear you, Corey, 100%. Uh, Gretchen? Yeah, you know, I, um, I think being out there on the platform and perusing everyone else's posts and engaging is super important. And that does kind of get you your ideas as well. And I'm very much the spontaneous, um, very spontaneous with the posts that I do. It just comes to me. And I'm like, yep, that's what I want to post about. And um, I don't really schedule mine out either. I just usually mine are in the middle of the night or, you know, toward the, and it's never been like that time when people say, oh, you should post now. I've always posted like really late at night. And then it kind of starts getting um, traction, I think, throughout the world a little bit on a small amount of people. And then that next morning, all of the follow the different followers and different people start looking at it. So it kind of builds from there. But yeah, mine are very spontaneous. That's great. I love that. And I, and I want to just set this, this question out to the audience here, right? What's stopping you or getting in your way of posting or posting more frequently? We want to hear from you. If you're not posting, what's getting in your way? And if you are posting, maybe you want to post more frequently, what gets in your way? Uh, we want to hear from you. We're looking forward to, I know all of our panelists will follow up in the chat uh, post show. We want to hear your comments. If you're watching this on the replay, hashtag replay, we'd love to hear from you. I'd uh, love to hear what's getting in your way because uh, that'll sort of help us to uh, provide some content down the line too to help folks uh, with those specific challenges. So let us know what are some challenges that are getting in the way of you posting. Steve, I know you wanted to jump in. Yeah, I just want to ask a question here. Um, what is, and, and you know, Corey, you mentioned it. Um, and and but I, let me say this real quickly. So Corey's great because he's got a lot of great, you know, followers and numbers and things of that nature. And, and the reason I brought in, um, you know, Jason is he's got that writer, writer's perspective and I, I and, and there's some great talent there. And then Gretchen's got this very unique perspective of being somebody somebody in an industry and she's gotten tremendous followers just, just and intriguing people with that perspective. So, so there's a real good don't don't get hung up on the Corey show here because there's some there's some really great uh, people we have here on the show. I just wanted to point that out. So so just uh, just keep that in mind. But um one thing I wanted to ask, and, and it could be to all of you guys, uh, but Corey, you mentioned it, and that is uh, I like to test the algorithm. I'm curious what testing the algorithm means. Like, what does that look like exactly? Do you have like a spreadsheet that, that like, what is it like? To me, it's just like I try something and see how it goes. I mean, that's my testing, but I don't know how quantifiable that is. So I'm curious what it looks like for all you folks. I'll go last. Okay. In. Gretchen, uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, testing, testing for me. Um, I learned everything I learned on LinkedIn from trial and error over six years. Um, testing for me looks like what works and what doesn't. Um, I don't know if I have a specific strategy. I have tried putting a post out with a picture, without a picture. I find that opinion posts do better without a picture. I find that mass posts have to have a picture. Uh, and then everything else in between. So um, I don't necessarily have a strategy for testing. I just see what works and what, or I you know, learn what works and what doesn't from doing it. Yeah, you know, and I think everybody's different too. And I mean, isn't that the beauty of it all anyway? Uh, we all have that, every single person has something. And I believe that to the nth degree, I believe that anyone can get on this platform and they have a voice that needs to be shared and they just need to figure out what is it that is their one thing that makes them ultra special and we all need to hear it so you but you've got to find it within yourself to a certain point i know that sounds almost like pollyanna and like ooh, but i really believe that that every single person could really you know put something out there that could resound with many many people and you just have to do it. And that's what it really comes down to. All right, drum roll, Jay, uh, Corey, you're gonna give us a little perspective. Drum roll now. Well, for, for me, testing is just 
not not trying to do too many things at once. So if it's posting at 10 p.m. on a Sunday, one day it's posting at 8 p.m. a very similar style of content at 8 p.m. the next Sunday. It's using five hashtags for a week at the end of a post, using no hashtags for a week at the end of the post. And you know, I, for whatever reason, I, I have a photographic and phonographic memory, so I don't keep notes. It's it's literally all just up here. Um, but I'd encourage anybody to. There's no reason not to. Um, a lot of my clients, I have them take notes as well, but it's it's pretty replicable. So once you find something that works, if you understand what it was that worked, you can keep doubling down on that and then move on to another variable. So I'll go back and test a post with a with a link in it. And if that post does well and it shouldn't have, then, then I'll test a few more posts with the link in it to make sure that it wasn't an anomaly. Um, but I think it's really as simple as picking one thing, testing for that, um, and, and being really methodical about what what it is that you're doing with those results and how you're kind of compartmentalizing them. Yeah, that's what that's what I've I've been doing, you know, and using the the brain thing and not writing it all down. And you know, I, I found that you know Cameron's question earlier. I found that when I have a picture uh, uh, with some wording on it, with some you know maybe an engaging to Jason's point, right? With the you know, I, you know top of the fold. I love that. I have an advertising background myself, so I kind of you know the the headline mentality, right? Something that kind of draws you in, right? Something that's you know, intriguing question, questioning, asking the audience, the viewers, right? And then following up with some other maybe questions or dialogue with maybe a story, some, sharing something personal. Um, and then, of course, you know, the hashtag and, and and having a few people tagged on it. I like what you what you guys were saying, all of you guys were saying, not just adding somebody randomly uh, when you tag them, but maybe somebody strategically. I, I have a tendency to be a little stru too structured, I think, with that. But um, but that's my my format. But um. But yeah, and, and when I when I follow that, besides the video, uh, I, I've been finding getting a lot more views, likes, comments, and so forth. So, um, so yeah, that's just my my perspective. I love it. I love it. And I think one of the things like Fanny Dunnigan has been on the show that, you know, the the yes or no question followed by the information, the hashtags, the interesting photo or video that goes along with it. Those are great ways tagging people, great ways, even if you have a small following to really generate uh, some 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 comments and things that the the LinkedIn uh, platform really likes. I, I got some answers to our questions from our audience. Uh, Gabe says, I did a nightly live streaming show here on LinkedIn five nights a week for two years and didn't take the effects of my mental fatigue from having to create something daily. Once burnt out hit, I once burnout hit, I lost my zeal for creating content. Just recently, I've started posting and creating content again after a six-month period to re-energize and reevaluate my purpose on LinkedIn. I think we can never underestimate um, the value of making sure that we're mentally in the game, right, and understanding why we're doing something and reevaluating regularly to make sure that we're not burning ourselves out. I uh, love that comment, Gabe. And then Vicky says, challenges of posting every day a daily to-do list uh, that does include daily posting on LinkedIn. I'm in the way and need to become more aware of trending posts that show vulnerability and authenticity. Love that, Vicky. Olivia says, challenge how to determine posting categories or themes that I can be consistent in. Um, hopefully we can, we're getting to the end of the show now, but hopefully everybody can dive into the comments and uh, give some some good helpful suggestions for Olivia. I love that. And uh, Vicky's uh, saying thank you for the topic. She's picking up some some pearls and some solid tips. So we, we appreciate that. Um, just real quickly, want to go around, make sure people know where to follow up with folks or audience. If you're looking to connect with Gretchen, with Jason, and with Corey, their LinkedIn links are to the side over there. Just look for that summary. If you're on YouTube, go down below, look in the comments there, Facebook over to the side as well. Um, Gretchen, uh, where can folks find you? Uh, if they're not on LinkedIn, uh, how would you like them to connect with you? They can actually go to my website, usalovesmanufacturing.com, and we're going to be putting some links for the new show coming out, Fabric of America. So I look forward to just being able to engage more on LinkedIn and certainly, you know, connect and reach out. That's a great name of the show, uh, Fabric of America. Thank Great you. Question. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> name. Jason, go ahead. Tell us uh, where folks, if they're not connecting with you on LinkedIn, uh, where they can find you. You're on mute. You're on mute, Jason. Look, we only did that once today. There you can you find go. me. You can find me at uh, CanadianSpecialEvents.com. That's uh, the company that uh, I don't own, but run. My wife runs it or owns it. 
Um, but you know, in all honesty, you find me on LinkedIn. That that's where you that's just probably the easiest place to find me. Beautiful. I asked the question that way, just uh, give people the opportunity. So hopefully they're connecting on LinkedIn, but we're also on YouTube. We're also on Twitter. We're also on uh, Facebook. So uh, we'll give, give some people some different opportunities. Corey, uh, where can people reach you if they're not on LinkedIn? Yeah, I've got a small presence, I guess, on uh, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. But but I guess you know the best place probably is to follow me on LinkedIn. And I do have a podcast uh, called Corey Connects. It's available anywhere podcasts are found. Um, and uh, one, one of my companies, Influencer Active, um, is a pretty fun platform. I encourage people to look out and they can find me there as well. Uh, in addition to a lot of other people that are doing business or business influencer marketing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm around. But, but LinkedIn's probably the best, best place to find me. We encourage everybody to join us on LinkedIn. That's what this show is all about. Steve, lead us out. Uh, amazing show today. Thank you so much, panelists. Steve, take us away here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great show today. And and really appreciate everyone, you know, Gretchen, Jason, Corey, uh, phenomenal. And, and, you know, a lot of our shows are often there. there there's a lot of emotion and heartfelt in it. And, you know, our, our, our mission, obviously, being the light and inspiring. And even though this is a very tactical conversation, I think it's great because, you know, listen, you could have the best heart and you could want to speak to people's hearts all the all day long. But if you're not reaching them, it's, it's you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it really make a sound? Right. So we want to learn how to go viral so we can reach a lot of people and touch a lot of lives and really change and impact this world. And because we are, you know, the world is it needs help right now. Right. Where there's a lot of conflict going on, a lot of a lot of censorship. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. So we want to be be that light. So we're going to. Close it out with uh, with how we do it in the usual way, which is crush it. By the way, we have a show coming up next week. Don't miss it uh, on 11 8. And maybe, maybe uh, Cameron, based on Corey's comments, we may need to change the times and the days we're doing it. Who knows, right? But it's it's uh, taking it to the next level on 11 8, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Tanya Mara, uh, Alexa D'Agostino, and Mary McEwen. Uh, it's going to be a great show on how you could take it to the next level for your company, for yourself, professionally and business wise. So anyway, uh, I'm going to count us down here. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. And we're going to crush, crush it. it. Have an amazing week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Thanks, Corey. Guys. Take it easy, everybody. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. You make this show what it is, being our amazing audience. Thank you. Have an amazing week. And